Hey, what is up, guys? Long time no talk. This is the Leafs Combo Podcast for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. OakRidgeFord.com. It is Sunday, November 8, 2020. I'm Norm, along with Mike. Post-U.S. election, we'll leave it at that. Plus, we are in the aftermath of the awesomeness of all of those transactions, many involving the Maple Leafs. We are headed into days where analysis is the thing. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Norm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, today. I believe is the one month anniversary since the uh, the free agent frenzy on October 9th. It's thirty days, uh, and uh, you know the uh, Kyle Dubas did accomplish a lot in those thirty days. But now we won't. We'll have to wait until you know January or February to see the results. Mm, the Leafs, like their NHL counterparts, have settled into uh, roster changes. Now it's about making sure that everybody is rested and feeling well and prepared as best as they possibly can for uh, the next phase of the NHL coming to terms with this new COVID era. Um, We're all excited, hot and bothered, revved up by everything that's gone on over the past month. When can we um, anticipate that the, the fruits of all of Kyle Dubas's labor over the you know last several weeks, will actually come together, hit the ice, and get things going in terms of preparing for a season. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I know that you know it's it's something where you know players will gear up their their off the ice workouts based on the schedule. You know, training camp starting in September and the schedule starting around October first. Right now, we don't know when the season's going to start. We don't know what whether there's going to be a Canadian division or just the normal divisions. We don't know how long the season will be. The NHL is saying 82 games, but that's pretty much you know not going to happen if they start on January 1st. So there's a lot of uncertainty, and I think there's also a lot of uncertainty with what teams have done and what, uh, you know, how, you know, they're constructed and how they'll adjust to a shorter season. And if you think about it, uh, you know, the Leafs adding, adding more veteran players, it might be beneficial to them to have a, you know, 56 or 65 game schedule with guys like Joe Thornton and Jason Spezza on the roster than it would be the, the, the slog of an 82 game schedule. The NBA is, prepared to embark on a new season it just seems like yesterday when the lakers were crowned champions there are reports out there mike that nashville could be a temporary home for the raptors so there isn't any cross-border travel and that's the thing there's one nba team you can situate them into uh the united states they can play a season the blue jays played in buffalo but when it comes to the nhl you have seven nhl teams north of the border um you, you really have to to split it up unevenly what we are hoping and dreaming for as hockey fans um at least right now mike is uh it's it's more theoretical than it is practical and realistic well there there are a couple complicating factors i mean the first of which you've got three canadian based teams that have american ahl affiliates uh calgary edmonton and vancouver i believe it's bakersfield um Utica, and I can't remember what where Calgary is, but they're in California. So the problem there is, okay, you're gonna you can't wait 14 days if there's a quarantine to call up players. So they're gonna have to uproot those franchises for a year if they're in a Canadian division and there's no freedom across the across the border. Um, that that's I mean that's definitely gonna be a. I mean it's it's an advantage to Ottawa, uh, Toronto, Montreal, 
and Winnipeg that they're all either based in their cities or fairly close. Uh, the other the other thing is the uh, situation where the players association is not going to agree to bubbles. Uh, they, they, you know, they, they did it last year because it was a, a circumstance that they you know, were unsure of what was going on. And, you know, the league needed to get the, the playoffs completed and they sacrificed, but you know, there were some players who were not happy with the bubble situation and being in a bubble for two months, even if it's like mobile bubbles, like, you know, they, they play a series of games in one place for a couple weeks. And then, you know, it, it it's not going to work. It's probably going to be something similar to major league baseball where they sort of uh, sequester in place uh, and they go to different cities. Um, that's probably the way it's going to work, but everything is on the table right now. And, uh, you know, again, this is the uncertainty of, you know, what's going to happen a couple months from now. This is the Leafs Convo podcast for Oak Ridge Ford in London, Ontario. Oak Ridge Ford.com, 0% on most new models. Continues on the 2021 Ford F-150 Lariat is about to arrive on the ground in London at Oak Ridge Ford. Get at me on Twitter at I am Norman James for more information. You can also reach me through the community function on the YouTube channel. We're doubling back a little bit, but the Leafs have signed Joey Anderson and Michael Hutchinson. Well, the Joey Anderson signing was particularly good because it was a three-year deal, uh, AAV of seven hundred and fifty thousand, which right now is a fifty thousand over the league minimum. But in a couple of years, I think that's going to be the league minimum. And this is a player who could be a third, fourth line guy. He's you know twenty-two years old. He's got the tools to be an NHLer, and he's played some games with New Jersey. Um, he could be the guy who is sort of the guy who goes between the Marlies and the Leafs based on when they need to uh, send somebody down to clear cap space because um, he is waiver exempt in year one of the three-year deal. But I think he's going to be an NHL or if not this mm-hmm. year, the next year. And then he, then they have him at 750 K, which is a good salary. And I think he's somebody who can be successful. He's not going to be a top six guy, but he's going to be a depth guy and he's a workman like type player. So I think this is a good move to get him on a significant term. Uh, the Hutchinson deal, I, people were scratching their heads, but it made all the sense in the world to me because they have to have a goaltender who they can expose for the expansion draft. It has to be somebody who is under contract and the five other goalies in the organization, Aaron Dell and Frederick Anderson are UFA at the end of the year. Um, Jack Campbell would be the goalie they protect because he's got a year left in his contract and uh, Joseph Wall and Ian Scott are exempt. So they needed a goaltender to expose and that is Hutchinson. So now, you know, they, they don't have to expose Jack Campbell and they don't want to, because I think Campbell will be the backup this year, but that this, you see other teams doing this with guys like uh, Dustin Tokarski and other veteran backup goaltenders, the teams are basically signing them to two year deals. So they have somebody to expose to from a business, from a business perspective, Michael Hutchinson's a pawn, but he's also a player and I know you've been focused recently on the individuals who make up the Maple Leafs, in particular the the goalie triumvirate. Does he fit into that puzzle at all? Well, in terms of a developmental model, we don't know what, again, we expect the AHL to play uh, starting in February. That's what the league 
indicated. Um, more than likely, after being out for a year with a after hip surgery, you would project Ian Scott probably to play most of the games down with Newfoundland in the ECHL, while Joseph Wall, who played over 30 games with the Marlies, will probably you know factor in with them. The Leafs are not going to carry three goaltenders on their roster, so you're more than likely going to have him split duty. We'll have Wall split duty with Aaron Dell and with Hutchinson. So, and we know that it, you know, the AHL is a compacted schedule. So I, I would think that Wall would get the most work, but the other goaltenders would have to get occasional work to stay sharp. And obviously Dell and Hutchinson are there for quality depth because, you know, we've seen over the last few years that the backups like Hutchinson, like uh, Garrett Sparks, you know, when the Leafs had to call on them, they, they weren't good enough. Um, but they have to have somebody who, with NHL experience that's there in case somebody gets injured. So they're more well set up in terms of organizational depth in goal than they have, I would say, probably in the last 10 Remember years. Remember when we were talking about Frederick Anderson possibly being replaced? We, we did, but then the goaltending market cleared up. I mean, we don't know who specifically... Kyle Dubas thought was going to be the upgrade because he wasn't going to make a lateral move. He was saying, if we see a way of improving in goal, we will go in that direction. Was it Matt Murray who was traded before, you know, they really had a chance before free agency went into effect. And then he was signed to a four-year contract by uh, Ottawa. Was it Robin Leonard who agreed to an extension? We don't know. We don't know who they thought in this market was an upgrade. But once those two guys came off the market, the Holtys and the uh, and the, Cor- uh, the Corey Crawfords and Markstrom, um, it's probable that they didn't think those guys were upgrades over Anderson. So that's why they decided to stick with Anderson for another year. Yeah, I think Freddie Anderson has another gear. And I didn't feel like any of the names bandied about would be an upgrade on his talent potentially um, contractually a better fit. But to me, the idea was change for the sake of change when really Freddie Anderson wasn't the problem. It's everything else that was in front of him that needed to be reconfigured. And it has been. So with this new crew um, supporting him, let's see what Freddie Anderson can do. And uh, I, I think though he's worth the money that he's being paid, and yeah, he's going to be uh, in line for a rather large um, financial upgrade. But if he's indeed to collect, that would mean that he's had success. And if he has success, you have to believe the Maple Leafs are going to have success whenever they begin playing. Mike, I don't know if you're breathing a sigh of relief today, uh, Mr. Ajello. Or you still feel that tension? Um, the United States has been a powder keg for quite some time. Uh, one of the good things about the Leafs combo is we can kind of forget about politics, forget about pandemics, and just get down to the brass tacks of the game we love, that is hockey. You are doing um, analysis on Leafs players individually, but you're also putting together uh, so much more literature at HockeyBuzz.com. Fill us in, Mike, and you can take it away. I just discussed the goaltending, but I've been doing uh, an analysis on each position going into the, going into the season based on, you know, more than likely the Leafs have made all the moves that they're going to make. And uh, on defense, obviously, it seems that the top four 
is sort of locked in place with any combination of Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin on the left side, with TJ Brody and Justin Hall on the, on the right side. Uh, the real question is going to be that bottom pairing. And we know Zach Bogosian played well for Tampa uh, in their run to the Stanley Cup, but you know we don't know who the real Zach Bogosian is because the Zach Bogosian in Buffalo couldn't stay healthy, and when he when he was healthy, you know his play was sort of wanting. But you know maybe he's turned the page. I think he's going to be sort of a part time player along with Miko Lettinen, uh, the KHL addition that they made, uh, and and Travis Dermott, which likely would relegate Rasmus Sandin to the Marlies mm-hmm. at least for a year, which isn't a bad thing because, you know, he, he's 19 or he's 20 years old, excuse me. And, you know, another year in the AHL doesn't hurt him. But you look at the other positions, and I'm not going to go through them, but you look at the other positions and there's always these little permutations of where guys slot in and, you know, how much they're, how long they're locked up for. And, on the left side, on the right side, we have a number of those players. This team has nine unrestricted free agents. So, you know, there's going to be a change probably on a yearly basis because they have that core group that makes over $40 million. You're going to see people shuffling in and shuffling out year by year. I want you to make it a prediction. The Leafs and their first game opponent will have the puck dropped on their contest when? I'm going to say January 1st. I think there's motivation there. It's it's funny because we heard one thing from Greg Wyshynski and Emily Kaplan of ESPN regarding the league wanting to start January 1 and being motivated to do that because of, you know, uh, advertising agreements and things of that nature that the league makes money on. But then we had Kevin Allen on our hockey buzzcast on Friday and he said, well, the league only gets about $6 million per team from the U S television contract. So really the motivation here is to start the season when players can be playing in front of fans. And that's the most important thing. I don't know whether, what, when that's going to be the case because different municipalities uh, in the United States, you know, you can play in front of fans in Florida, but you can't play in front of fans in New York. And right now in Canada, um, I don't, I'm not sure whether the, 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 like the QMJHL who's playing right now, whether they're playing in front of fans or not, but right now there are a lot of restrictions because of, you know, the rampant, uh, uh, mm-hmm. spread of COVID and w- we don't know where things are going to be in a couple months. So everything is going to depend on, depend it's all on so that. complex, but we keep our fingers crossed that in the end, we will find a way collectively in community on the YouTube channel. OGs, converts, guys, girls have your say based around what Mike and I just had to say. Everyone has an opinion on COVID and how the NHL will wade through the controversial waters ahead. What do you have to say? Keep it clean. um, Keep it direct. Let's keep it focused. Let's take the spam out of it. For the most part, we do real well in that regard. Uh, We're... 50 some odd subscribers away from 3000 smash that subscribe button. If you're coming back week in and week out, Mike and I are 
saying the things that you don't always want to hear, but for the most part, you can agree with us and you respect what we're doing. Uh, we can certainly use that subscription from you. So hit the subscribe button. You can get at Mike at Mike in Buffalo on Twitter at I am Norman James on Twitter at the Leafs combo Two on Twitter. We are out there and we are committed to plenty of content in the days, weeks and months ahead for Mike. I'm Norm. The Leafs combo is out.